right. We're here. We're ready to talk about Friday Night Lights. Yes. Episode 17, which is entitled... I think we should have sex. <laughs> uh, if you have small children that you listen with, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe skip this one. Or maybe I mean, listen to it alone. Maybe put some <laughs> headphones in. Uh, you know, we, we're just staying faithful to the show. We, it's, it's part of the, part of the canon, part of the, the timeline here. So we're, we're not afraid to dive in. No. If you've stuck with us this long, I'm sure you're okay with it. You're right there with us. So we're going to get into it. Our apologies to anybody who needs to skip this episode. Hopefully we see you again on episode 18. (laughs) Thanks for, thanks for trying. Yeah. Just come on back. (laughs) If you have to shut it off now. No judgment. It's fine. We get we it. We understand. We understand. Yep. So episode 17, uh, Anthony, you're just telling me more notes than you've ever taken. I feel like we say that every yeah. time, but this time. Not, no, well, not let us, last episode yeah, I last, had. That's true. Um, had like two and a half pages last episode. Yeah. So yep. this one I've got, this is the first time. So I've reached a fourth page before, but I've never made it to the bottom of the fourth page to the point that I was worried if there was another scene, I was going to have to go to page five. <laughs> so I've, I've yeah. never gotten down to that, that bottom uh, level of a college rule notebook during the, the, <laughs> the recording of this show. Um, I'm sure I will get there, but up to this point, um, yeah, we have a lot of notes. I think a lot happens in this episode. I think it's not necessarily that there's so much to talk about, but maybe just because there's so many cuts and I try to write a, at least a little something down about every scene. So we get to yes. cover as much ground as we can. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode originally aired one week after Valentine's day of 2007, <laughs> February <Weird>. 21. <laughs> yep. Movie dude one. Not did not do a synopsis for this episode. Oh man, really? Yeah, Zach Abrams wrote it. I think we need to take a little. I need. I need to have a little peek at next week and just see if Movie Dude okay. One comes back, or if this. Okay, he's back next week. We're okay. Oh. We're all right. Zach Abrams saw this one and was like, "I need to snatch this synopsis up." <laughs> Movie Dude One saw it and said, uh, "Well, I don't need to tackle that one. <laughs> I'm going to steer clear <laughs> <of> this one." <laughs> All right. Well, Zach Abrams, why don't you hit us with the Zach Abrams plot synopsis? Uh, this is a one sentence synopsis. <laughs> we are we are uh, utilizing the semicolons. Yes. <laughs> so here's the synopsis by Zach Abrams. Mrs. Taylor confronts Julie after seeing Matt buying condoms. Mm-hmm. Coach Taylor accuses Tim's father of stealing a camera from his office. Mm-hmm. Buddy Garrity fires Tyra's mother from the dealership. <laughs> that Very, is... yeah. Putting it pretty simply, Zach, I Ve- didn't think that we could reach a, a low between behind Movie Dude One, but that is maybe worse than a Movie Dude One synopsis. Uh, what percentage of the the U.S. population would you say knows how to properly use a semicolon? It is going to be low. Um, I scored very high on my English ACT. I same. even went to the good old Academic Olympics for grammar in English and uh, got second place. Cause that freaking Dylan Glover from Gregory, South Dakota, of course, always beat me out in everything. I don't know how to use a semicolon. I feel like if you, 
gave me several examples and you were like, here's 10 examples, pick out yes, how many correct have correct usages. And there's like three in there. I could probably identify them. Yeah. Right. That being said, um, let me tell you a funny quick story about semicolons. <laughs> okay. uh, the summer that I was working in Okaboji, um, I met a young lady on Tinder and um, here we go again, folks. We, we, we had <laughs> we had a we had one date, and we were going to go on another. And then I kind of realized I was like, "Nah, this this ain't it." Mm-hmm. And so I was like trying to find the right you know way to be like, uh, "Yeah, I think you're feeling this a little bit more than I am," and you're you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I wrote her a uh, breakup is a strong word, but I wrote her <laughs> a like. Uh, this ain't it text and i threw in a semicolon i remember like (laughs) one of my neighbors one of my neighbors was like oh yeah what happened with that girl and i was like oh yeah i sent her this text and he read the whole thing it was pretty long and he was like did you just properly use a semicolon in this breakup text (laughs) and uh i had actually it was a i i am 100 sure that it was a a properly used semicolon (laughs) yeah yeah, I like I said, I'm not completely aware of how, what's the proper usage. Listen, uh, I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> and Zach Abrams did not use it correctly. <laughs> Wrong, Zach. <laughs> okay. All right. Should we dive into the episode? Let's dive into the episode. All right. So we open on Tim and Pa Riggins. Yeah. They're hustling pool at a bar that Tim probably is not old enough to be in. Absolutely not. Um, but he's not drinking a beer, or at least that we can tell. It looks like he's drinking out of a like a water or soda cup. Yeah. I was going to text you uh, earlier this evening when I knew you were watching the show and be like, please keep good track of the big, rig, uh, the big rig beer tally because I'm thinking back and I can think of these situations where I feel like Tim probably was drinking a beer, but I didn't write anything down. So I thought I missed something, but, but you noticed I've, that it I've specifically been keeping, wasn't a beer. I've been keeping a close eye on it and I've got a controversial, uh, potentially I, controversial I'm, Riggins take later in the episode. So I'm with you. I'm with you there. I, yeah, I know where that's going, but okay. okay. So no beer though in the bar, but they are hustling Correct. pool, yep. getting into a little trouble for sure. Yeah. So the person that they're hustling is upset. Tries Buck. to start a fight. Buck. <laughs> uh, uh, tries to start a fight. Uh, the owner of the bar says, hey, you know, there will be none of that in here, even though it definitely looks like the kind of bar where, oh, yeah. uh, to quote the movie Roadhouse, they clean the eyeballs <laughs> off the floor at the end of the night. <laughs> the situation kind of diffuses. They make their hundred bucks. The Riggins boys do. Yep. Pawn Tim. So that situation is put on pause. For the moment. Yes. Uh, we see Matt helping Julie study, um, which is pretty much the the classic move of just an excuse to make out. I feel like Matt really exploiting his grandma at this point. In, oh, yeah. Big time. And her dementia and naivety. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Grandma Saracen almost catches them in the act when she bursts in to rant about tapioca. <laughs> yeah. Did you use the last of my pudding or something like that? <laughs> right. She's, yeah. So Tammy comes to pick up Julie from the Saracen household. And with Tammy 
waiting in the car. Julie and Matt are on the front porch of the Saracen household. And Julie propositions Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's kind of in the middle of being like, a, well, I'll, you know, I'll see you later. And Julie just gives the, just straight up says, I think we should have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it goes, Matt is saying, do you think we should study again in the, and then Julie blurts out, I think we should have sex. And Saracen continues morning. <laughs> Julie says, don't you think it's something, something, don't you think it's time? And then Matt in full goofus maloofus mode just yes. nods furiously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Julie, Julie replies, all right, let's get on that. So Julie being very matter of fact about the whole decision. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, uh, Mrs. Coach is like, bye, or hi, Matt. And Matt is, that's when I think Matt goes in a full goofus maloofus mode because he is like (laughs) already feeling guilty (laughs) (laughs) about it. Uh, Yeah. Has an awkward hello with Mrs. Coach is what I wrote down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so the next scene we see, apparently Saracen has already let Landry know what's going on in smash because they're working at the Alamo freeze. Yes. Uh, Saracen and smash and <laughs> Landry tries to give Saracen, uh, an old beat up condom from his wallet <laughs> <laughs> while he's working. Saracen is yes. working. <laughs> yeah. He is on the clock. Yeah. Landry is trying to hand him a, a, co- a condom from his, his wallet. Uh, <laughs> smash kind of pulls him back into the, uh, away from the customer earshot at least <laughs> and and gives him some smash-esque advice this is definitely my quote of the episode nomination but okay. i'm gonna go ahead and drop it now during that the uh, he prefaces his advice about uh matt's sex life <laughs> with now i ain't trying to encourage sex out of wedlock don't put that on old smash <laughs> so he's trying to wash his hands of this whole thing but we'll put that on old old smash incredible (laughs) um street and herc arrive in austin and Herc being the true, I mean, Herc is a much more likable sleaze bag than Buddy Garrity, but <laughs> yeah. Herc is a sleaze bag. Oh, 100%. He, he is, is macking and catcalling every cat single calling. girl he sees. Yes. Um, honking, catcalling from the street in the pickup. And so they're in their registration line for uh, quad, rug, quad rugby national team tryouts. Jason makes an idiot of himself in the registration line kind of embarrasses himself. Yeah. The girl kind of says like, Hey, what's your name? And he's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like, is this, yeah. Is this your first time here? <laughs> and Jason's like, sorry, I, <laughs> I don't have time for this. So I got to get to practice. She's like, yeah. no, that's actually like a question that I have to yeah, ask before you. you. Yeah. And meanwhile, Herc is just putting the moves on the other registration girl. Every single says. girl he sees, he is. Yeah. Yep. So that is kind of setting the tone for uh, their Austin experience. For yes. sure. Tyra heads on over to the Riggins house to talk to Billy 
about. And is he going to the Regan's house? Because this, I've got a confusion about this because she goes and visits Billy wherever he is. He's with a girl. Yeah. Um, and then later on the episode, um, Tim and Pa Riggins are Pa Riggins is passed out on the couch. Tim is presumably getting up from his bed, but Billy's nowhere to be seen. I think Billy might be staying with someone else. You are one hundred percent correct because this explains a confusion that I had because I know for a fact that the Riggins's house has a blue door on it. <laughs> Way more detail oriented than <laughs> I was with it. And the the door that Tyra goes up to and Billy answers is not that door. So you yes, go. you're correct. That makes sense. Billy is not living at home. How Tyra knows to go to that house, right? We don't and, know. and why Billy answers the door at night, right? His yeah. House. But um, but there is a a girl there who yes. yells from the background that Deal or No Deal is on. <laughs> There's the outdated pop culture <laughs> yep. reference of the week. Deal or no deal. Basically, Billy says that Tyra can't help him. He's made his choice. Yeah, because she goes to say Tim's drinking again. Right. Um, you know, I just, you know, we got to figure this out. And he's, yeah, Billy basically is like, he can't be, he can't be helped. This is just the way Tim is, which is a pretty crappy way to handle it as an older brother. Uh, I would say because uh, people can change, <laughs> but yep. You know, he, he warned him multiple times over and over. And so he's probably just, yeah. Washing his hands, the whole deal. Like, all right, whatever I'm done, but <sighs> I'm already <laughs> the next scene. Uh, yeah. So we get, we get a uh, buddy and coach there at Applebee's. They're sitting at the bar at Applebee's, which is... Uh, it's already sad. Yeah, one of the <laughs> biggest bummers of a place that you can be. Uh, and I mean, I've, I say that as somebody who sat at the bar at an Applebee's or two. Yeah, unless you're getting those like $1 Long Island iced teas for in the month right. of March or <laughs> right. whatever. You know? Well, like, I, I, will say, I will say for a, a hot, like a hot window there, um, I would say probably about... 2000 probably 10 years ago so 2010 to 2012 we'll say uh-huh. somewhere in that window yeah um when the applebee's came into the empire mall um yes. it became kind of a thing for me and logan dykstra where we would like <laughs> we'd go to the mall and we'd hang out and then we'd be like let's go grab a beer like while we're in the midst of of doing mall stuff yeah sure and that's i'm not just saying this because i've done it but it's i think more acceptable in that right. situ- when it's in the mall not, you're not <laughs> right. going to an Applebee's specifically to have a beer. <laughs> no. Uh, At Applebee's but, just happened to be in the mall that you're already at. <laughs> but now in the Empire Mall, they have Red Robin. And I feel like Correct. if you got to decide between Applebee's and Red Robin. You're going go, to Red Robin. Go get a beer at Red Robin. 100%. Get some bottomless fries while you're at it. And that just, being said, at the time there was also a bar in the mall that you could have gone to that we what? probably should have. Oh, yeah. Shenanigans, shenanigans used to be in the mall. Yeah. yeah. Which we probably should have just done that instead of Applebee's. Cause it's in a much better location too. So I don't know why we were going to, 
Right. Applebee's yeah. must have had like a deal, or maybe I think we knew somebody who worked there. I think that's maybe why okay. we used to go. Yeah, because to get to that Applebee's, you got to be going to that Applebee's. It's the Sears corner of the mall. Yeah. Which is which was even ten years ago not the hot corner of the mall, and it's now the non-existent corner of the mall, basically. <laughs> right, but Applebee's is still there. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, buddy and coach. Anyway. Yeah. Drinking at Applebee's. I'm assuming Buddy asked Coach to come on by because he had something he needed yeah, to, he, to talk to Coach about. Get off his chest, yeah. And he certainly does get off get it off his chest. He says, "Coach, I've, I've strayed outside my marriage." Takes a, a page from Lila's book. <laughs> oh yeah, gross. Says, "I've strayed outside my marriage." Coach immediately wants absolutely no part of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Coach is ready to like bounce the second that that buddy is ready to co- to to confess something to him. Yeah, he wants to know no details. Don't tell me your name. Don't tell me anything. Yeah, like, basically get your crap together. <laughs> Go um, make it up to your family. Yeah, we do get a short exchange here that was uh, one of my nominations for quarter of the week. Yep. Buddy saying to coach, I'm a weak man. Coach saying, you're a stupid man. <laughs> I also wrote that down. Yeah. Uh, so just in case uh, you're not completely following, we're talking, Buddy is talking about Mama Colette. Yeah. Ma Colette. And he does refer to her as a wildcat. <laughs> uh, even in his confession to coach, he is justifying himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the passion and the yeah the fact that she's a wildcat and all this but he does say like i may have told her some things in the heat of the moment that i didn't really mean and stuff like that the next scene is maybe the most awkward scene that i yeah. can imagine it starts off really funny yes because it's it's a classic it's maybe the most classic uh matt and landry scene <laughs> that could ever be <laughs> Yes, they are condom shopping for Matt, and Landry is acting like he has valuable input to contribute. Yeah, Landry to this is decision. irrationally confident about what to do in the situation. And I will say, um, sorry, I feel like we've already gone so many tangents tonight. We're still on my first page of notes. Um, <laughs> this is totally relevant to the episode, but I've always found it weird. Maybe when you're in high school, it's not as weird or like the first, or maybe it's more weird or maybe it's like, cause it's the first time or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, I've always thought it's weird to be embarrassed about buying condoms. Yeah. Especially in a town like Dylan where like, I guess he's QB one. So everybody in town knows him they, and, and knows they know who he's, who he's dating, dating for yeah. sure. For sure. Cause I was thinking we had this, uh, assignment in college, uh-huh. um, in an advertising class that I took that was, um, pick a product that you're you'd normally be embarrassed to buy and mm-hmm. create an advertisement for them. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. <laughs> no, it's 30 seconds. So I'm going to send this to you and we can put this on the Twitter when it's time for this episode to be posted. So, you know, you'll be able to see this if you're listening to this later by going to our Twitter page and following this link. But we, so we, me and this guy who really was on shout out to Justin Charnell, um, <laughs> Great guy who is, I'm pretty sure, uh, a listener of the show. Um, he and I actually met before we took this class together. We met in a bar, <laughs> both of us pretty pretty tuned up. <laughs> and 
we talked about starting a podcast like four years ago and it never ended up oh, coming wow. to fruition. <laughs> um, we ended up in this class together. And so we got this assignment that was pick a product that you'd normally be embarrassed to buy and turn it in, you know, how would you advertise for it? And so we of course chose condoms because my logic at the time and my logic still is why would you be embarrassed to buy condoms? Because I think the idea behind it is, you know, you're embarrassed to like buy a sexual product, I guess, to the person who you're, who's like the cashier or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the idea is like, you're having sex. Like there's nothing to be embarrassed. (laughs) Like if anything, you should be cocky. So sure. uh, Josh, I want you to watch this ad. I want you, I want us to watch it together. I think you'll really appreciate this. We, my buddy, Justin and I put this together. (laughs) All right, here we go. You've plowed before. (laughs) You've pounded before. (laughs) You know how to keep yourself clean. Buying condoms? Why be nervous? Rough Rider condoms. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm inspired. <laughs> yeah. So we, we turned that in. I'm pretty sure we got a pretty high grade on it. Um, there was a little bit of pushback from some uh, other people who took the class because they were like, we're actual farmers and we're offended by you, like generalizing farmers like this. And it was like, all right. What? Okay. Who's the, who's the snowflake here for <laughs> real? Exactly. Um, but no, we had a lot of fun with that. Um, I still every now and then just go back and laugh at, that like I remember us putting us putting that together and just so because our original we can cut this comic because it's a little explicit, but I remember the original was the original idea was why be nervous you're getting laid, <laughs> and of course we had to cut out the you're getting laid so yeah yeah buying condoms why be nervous, <laughs> uh, so I don't even okay yes so Landry and Matt are <laughs> are yeah. condom shopping. And Landry's kind of going through the brands, you know, (laughs) he dropped the line. We can cancel out mega. I do believe. (laughs) Great, great, uh, great, weirdly confident and undercutting line from Landry to, to Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but then down the row, walking through the aisles, trying on sunglasses. Oh yes. Is Tammy Taylor. And I cannot, oh shit, uh, Matt didn't, they didn't know though, right? That Tammy saw that. They had no idea that Tammy is there. No. So Matt grabs his, his box of condoms, assures Landry that he does not need a backup box (laughs) because (laughs) how many are in here? No, I don't need, (laughs) um, but yeah, Tammy, Tammy witnesses it firsthand, sees it happening. And so we, we cut to the, the Taylor household and Julie comes home and Tammy is waiting for her and ready to talk about it. What she saw today. Yeah. She's, she straight up says, I saw Matt Sarison buying condoms today. Uh, yeah. Do you know anything about this? Because of he's not buying them for you. He's buying them for somebody. <laughs> right. Which is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yeah, she wasted no time. It was literally, hi, hi, I saw Matt Saracen buying condoms today. <laughs> like, let's get right down to it. 
Um, Tammy and Julie have a real nice heart to heart. Tammy kind of lays it out, just her concern for her daughter. Um, you know, Julie is 15 years old, which we confirm there. I know there's been some debate on. Yes. Yeah. This is the official confirmation. So she is 15. So Tammy is definitely upset. I think she, she holds it together. Okay. But the main thing that's important to her is that she wants Julie to be able to talk to her about it. And so I feel like she did, while she did kind of freak out a little bit, she did create, I feel like an opportunity for them to talk and open the conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is a real episode and we'll get into this obviously later, but where we see coach and Tammy as parents who are in a situation where they know they've raised a good kid, but they're worried about her growing up, which is, I think a a fair uh, thing to worry about. And part of the reason that I don't have children because I'm terrified of eventually reaching to that point. <laughs> um, because right. I put my mom through a lot and I was a pretty good kid. Yep. And I know that I worried my mom a lot and for reasons other than sex, cause that didn't happen for a long time. <laughs> but I think that I maybe played myself up a little bit and made it seem like things were going worse than they were. I didn't, you know, I didn't drink a beer until I was 18 years old. <laughs> like, uh, so I was, I was a pretty, pretty good kid, but mm-hmm. um, I, I do think about like if I were a parent and presumably, you know, cause it's normal to not be as good a kid as I was, you know, to be pretty rationally worried about that. You know, I think Julie is a pretty normal 15 year old uh, at this point. So yeah, I see both, coach and Tammy's concern and and we see Tammy kind of come to terms with it and say like she's got to live her life we know that we were raised and I don't I don't want to spoil anything later in the episode but yeah kind of come to terms with being like hey listen we did the best job we could at this point we we can't overstep our boundaries or we're gonna lose our kid basically well we'll get into that later yeah really good perspective eventually I think, yeah, I think it's fair, you know, for Tammy to, to have con- concerns for sure. And like you said, she's realistic about the situation and how old their daughter is and where she's at in life. But I think it is very fair to be worried about the complexities of the situation. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like yep. things can definitely take a wrong turn once you mm. kind of go through, walk through that door. So, um, and I just appreciate that she creates a conversation is willing to bring it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, no, this that's is 100% not a knock on, you know, how my parents handled things. Cause I would say like, I have the utmost respect and gratitude for how my parents yes. raised us, but like, I can't picture having this conversation <laughs> with my mom and dad. <laughs> like, I think if they saw that, uh, they that's probably just would have like <laughs> worried about it privately, but never mentioned a word of it to me. I, um, to go on a short tangent. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in uh, the early 2000s, I mean, I was probably in eighth grade. Um, 44 Road Stop in Platt uh-huh. had a condom machine. I don't know if you remember that in the bathroom. Okay, yeah. So it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a, a snickering deal amongst eighth graders that you could like, there was a condom machine in the in the bathroom in a convenience sure. store in Platt because it's a very, a very clean town and not mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, not, overtly sexual yeah um and so it kind of became like almost a dare 
<laughs> when I was in eighth grade, they're like, oh, that you won't go because it made a lot of noise. Like, yeah. oh, you won't go do the cotton machine. Yeah. And so I did. And I think in eighth grade, like I left my wallet somewhere and I had a condom in it that would not ever get used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Landing uh, style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I was, uh, uh, as we talked about in a recent episode, or not a recent episode, but we, as we talked yeah. about earlier in the season, there was a the poll on our Twitter page of who <laughs> I would be in high school. And this yeah. is another, another. Another Landry Anthony connection. Yeah, another another Landry parallel that I had bought this old or this condom that ended up old and ragged and my mom found it <laughs> okay i left my wallet somewhere now so my mom found it and she did like she was like what is this and i was like oh <laughs> like and god bless her like i didn't have the heart to tell her like you know you know you could go to the 44 road stop and get a guy like yeah uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't using it. <laughs> it would, <laughs> even if I would have had it at the time, it wouldn't have been, <laughs> you know, viable. Yeah. So, um, so that's uh, a little conversation. So on, way to go, thing. Michelle, yeah. you were, yeah. she was willing to have the conversation. She was, she was, yeah, that was where I was going with that is, yeah, she was, she was <laughs> ready to confront me about it. And she, yeah, a good parent. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so julie talks to matt and says hey my mom saw you buying condoms (laughs) matt is mortified that is exactly my notes matt is mortified (laughs) yeah there's a lot of stumbling and bumbling and oh my gosh (laughs) yeah he's like oh yeah but julie is still pretty insistent which is like has got to make matt even more terrified yeah oh my gosh (laughs) <laughs> such a weird situation yeah. for matt to be in uh anyway this is like right before practice so matt goes to practice and we find out that oh because matt tells julie that he's like yeah we got uh so-and-so's lake house i don't know if you wrote down bradley the bradley's lake house yeah so that's where we're gonna do it uh and he's <laughs> like and julie goes like Oh, you told Bradley like Bradley. Oh no, Bradley's cool. He's not going to tell anybody. I haven't told anybody else, which we already know is a lie because Landry and smash both know. Yeah. Come to find out we see practice almost immediately after and the whole team knows and are all, uh, giving their own opinions on, uh, (laughs) and advice to Matt. Yeah. Uh, regarding sex. I have a great Tim Riggins quote written yep. down. Yep. That is one of my nominations for, yeah. for quote of the week. Yeah. I believe I have the same one. Uh, do you want to, I think it's relevant to bring up now. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Go for okay. it. Tim says to Matt, don't worry, Matt. Remember the first time you drove a car? <laughs> Matt says, yeah, I crashed my grandma's car. And now Landry drives me around. <laughs> Tim says, good luck to you, Seven. <laughs> yeah, I had that very same one, for sure. I laughed cool. out loud. I had to pause it. <laughs> um, yeah. In the, in the middle of this practice, though, something else is brewing, is going on. Yeah. Uh, pa Riggins is there, not even on the sidelines. He's out on the field. Yeah, he's trying to buddy Garrity this practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, but he doesn't have buddy Garrity status. So uh, they're kind of getting into it a little bit. Coach is telling him to please go watch from the sidelines. And Pa Riggins is 
kind of raising a little hell about Tim not getting enough carries. Yeah, kind of says, gives him a, hey, you know, why is Smash getting all these plays? My boy's better than him. And coach says, hey, you know, why don't you go watch from the sidelines? And that's when Power Riggins gets pretty, pretty uh, combative and says, "Uh, you think you're better than me, coach? Is that what it is? Yeah. Gets into that, which is clearly not what coach was trying to say. No. And coach just says, over on the sidelines, we'll be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Handles it about as well as he can. Yeah. I still am confused by the by the open practice policy that the Dylan players have. Yeah. And where are the cheerleaders now? (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't they be, shouldn't they be practicing their thing? Where's the, where's the simultaneous, their joint practice. We see the, the Garrity home. We've got a very important plot point prior to that. Oh, I missed Um, it. Right after practice, Mac McGill comes up to coach and says, Hey, we've got a $3,000 camera missing. Oh yeah. Right. Obviously. That's that's basically there's details shortly, but Mac right comes up and tells Coach that uh, there's a three thousand dollar camera missing, um, and that's it. Yeah, that's Coach it. says, "Well, you better find it." Yeah, <laughs> but we see the Garrity household. Lila is on the phone with Jason, talking with Jason, and Buddy comes home and starts feeling up his wife over yeah, in the kitchen. He starts getting real romantic with Mrs. Yeah. Garrity. He is trying to make up for something that. Mrs. Garrity isn't even aware of at this point. Yeah, she um, just thinks he's coming home and it is in a good mood. And Lila is disgusted. Yeah. By and and knows that something is not right because of this. She's her her antennas are up at this point. Uh, but she's talking with Jason, and Jason is at a party. Uh, that's not really supposed to be a party, but it is. He's not, he kind of told Lila that there's not gonna be time for anything but business and mm-hmm. quad rugby, but he's of course, Herc is on the other end. <laughs> yeah, which gives Street kind of a scapegoat to say, like, oh, it's yeah. just Herc. Because Herc is overdoing it. Like, it's yeah. a pretty raucous party, but because Street is often, like, a quiet room yep. that you can't really tell. So, yeah, Herc's playing it up. But so already Lila is, A, suspicious of Buddy, B, suspicious of Jason, but anyway, at this raucous party, um, we see the DJ at the party. The designated DJ is the same girl that Jason kind of made an ass of himself yeah. in, in front of. At the registration. Uh, at the registration. And I didn't even realize it was the same girl right away. I actually oh. wrote down, actually wrote down street meets a, a manic, manic pixie dream girl type. <laughs> And then she mentions, and then like they have the conversation where he's like, I'm really sorry about earlier. And I was like, oh, this is that girl from earlier. It was, yeah. I was probably, I was taking notes or something that I didn't realize was the <laughs> right. girl. But she is, she's a real manic, manic pixie dream girl type for sure. <laughs> yeah. Tattoo artist. We come to yeah. find out in this conversation. Um, outdated pop culture reference, picking an album to play at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Like she is tasked with choosing a CD to put in the CD player and then let that album play through. Yeah. Um, I definitely, and it's interesting to think about this time because it's early 2007. I had an iPod video at that time. I'm pretty sure I got for Christmas in Christmas, 2006. Yeah. So it's right. interesting it to still think, have I mean, click wheel, but, it, but you could watch videos on it. Yep. 
Yep. yep. I, I think of like, of course this was probably filmed in late 2006, but still at that time for sure the photo was out. So yeah. um, maybe it just wasn't as integrated into culture because like I'd had a mini before that, yeah. but Manic Pixie Dream Girl in 2006 is still putting CDs and DJing the <laughs> she's in the party street kind of goes over and has a conversation with her apologizes realizes I was a little too big for my britches to note they did decide on an album Loretta Lynn oh yeah they put on a classic and I love you I don't know if you I'm know not, this about me but I love Loretta Lynn I did not know that that doesn't surprise me I totally am in support of it interesting party choice but sure right go with it uh, you're in Texas why not Mac is uh, talking to Coach. Yeah. And we find out that um, one of the coaches happened to see Paul Riggins go into the AV room mm-hmm. before the camera went missing. And now the camera's missing. So Paul Riggins is the number one suspect. Yeah, in prime, the, prime suspect in this investigation. The missing $3,000 camera mystery. Yeah. So Coach says, all right, I'll take care of it. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. I'll, I'll go take care of it. He goes over to the Riggins household, confronts Paul Riggins, who I, I don't, maybe we knew this already, but his name is Walt, we find out. I don't and, think that was ever mentioned prior yeah, to this. Walt Riggins. Um. He confronts Pa Riggins about the missing camera and Pa really plays dumb about the whole situation, denies everything. And Tim comes out and defends. he overhears it. Yeah. Yeah. And really kind of lays into coach a little bit about like, are you asking now all the players dads about this? Why are you asking my dad about it? Which I think, I think coach, cause Pa Riggins kind of gave him the third degree and was like, why are you asking me about this? And coach says like, we have an eyewitness who says you went into yep. the AV room and after you were out of there, it went missing. And so I think when, when Tim asked that, I think coach had more than enough reason to say, no, we Absolutely. aren't going to all that. Like we, but he yeah. doesn't, he, as soon as he sees him there. And I think he also had a, a fair point in not mentioning that by seeing that Tim was there. And I think he had a moment where he was like, I don't want, this to be the moment that I talked to Walt. Right. I don't want Tim to have to yep. see. So he, he walks away. He says, I didn't know you were here. Yeah. I'll be on my way. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. He takes off. The next scene is buddy letting mama Colette go. And it's an ugly scene. Yeah. She's beside herself. She is wildly upset. Buddy is telling her, I got you a job with my buddy. He needs a new administrative assistant. So you're covered. Here's $700. Yeah. Just start $100 out of his $100 bills out of his wallet. (laughs) So here's 700 bucks. Just take it. Um, But yeah, she storms off and it's, it's an ugly scene and (laughs) obviously not over yet. (laughs) No, far from over. Um, We have a short scene where Julie is asking Tyra for sex advice. Uh Tyra suggests some suggestive panties. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She kind of throws them at Julie. Like, Mm -hmm. all right. These are the ones. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She has the line that Julie, you know, you don't have to do this. There will always be a steady stream of horny football players. in (laughs) In I can guarantee Julie 
I don't know. This doesn't really come up later, but Julie is excited about controlling the whole experience, the experience, getting the information and gathering the data. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird perspective to have on the whole situation. Yeah. She's excited. Julie's a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert for future seasons. It's becoming more and more clear. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we got Street, who's hanging out at a bar, which to me is like he's a high school senior. But oh yeah, this is a clearly alcohol only establishment, like the kind of place that you are not just welcome in. Maybe he could play the, like the sympathy wheelchair card, but it's yeah, still maybe. yeah. I didn't put that together. Well, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's hanging out there with with the manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's telling her her. Uh, his whole story. Yeah. The the story of his injury. Yeah. The the line that stuck out to me there was I prayed and prayed and prayed. And the only answer I ever got was that I couldn't walk. Yeah. Herc is being obnoxious as always. Yeah. He interrupts the story. (laughs) Yeah. He's calling him after school special. (laughs) It's starting, trying to start a dance party in the bar. And so Jason and the manic pixie dream girl, just decide we're going to get out of here. This is too much. Um, So they go to the tattoo shop and she suggests a Sanskrit tattoo of the word. He's he's, based on their conversation earlier. He's asking about Chinese symbols and, (laughs) and some other stuff. And she's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, And then he like, at one point he's like, what's the Chinese word, Chinese symbol for cripple. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, she, she's just the Sanskrit, which I think is a even to this day a classier alternative to the the Chinese character. It's slightly better. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm in the the Christian college world where the Hebrew tattoos, sure, you know, yeah, are the thing. One of my really close friends has a, a Hebrew tattoo, and I like it. But I, I'm not gonna, you, I'm not gonna poo poo it. But it's definitely a thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you have way more tattoos than I do, so I you're in a better place to judge than I. Oh, I I've got some I've terrible got the, tattoos though. So. <laughs> I've only got the one. So yeah. Wait, what do you have? I've got the whole study tattoo, uh, whole study lyrics on my. Oh, that's lyrics. right. Um, I forgot about that, but I didn't know that. I want more. I'll eventually have more. Probably, but yeah, I kind of actually like. I love. I do love the whole setting. I love that tattoo, but I I kind of want some more stuff to distract from it because it feels really like whenever I'm walking around shirtless, I always feel like, mm. oh yeah, like people are looking at it, like wondering. <laughs> like the other day, I wore this uh like a sleeveless shirt that was like ripped down the sides. Yeah, we went and had lunch with a buddy of mine, and you could only see like the last word, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, what's your tattoo?" And I'm always like. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah. I want more to just be like to not that I don't <laughs> love I I I'm very happy with my 5-year-old tattoo but like I want more to just distract from yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to have a variety of things to yeah. look at. <laughs> to only have the one and to have that same question when people can are able to see it it's like yeah. I get it. I get it for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Tim is at home. Dad's Pa Riggins is at home. Tim's is going to Tim is going to fix his headlight. On his pickup, there's always always something going on with Tim's pickup. There's <laughs> yeah, always one something, those, one of those never-ending projects. Mm-hmm. And so he's looking for tools. He's digging through the closets and the toolbox, and in the process of digging through the closets and whatnot, he finds the three That's the missing camera. three thousand dollar camera, and he brings it to his dad. 
and confronts him about it and basically kicks kicks his dad out saying like i think it's time yeah. you need to leave um and pa riggins plays to character and basically says let me show you how easy this is gonna be Ugh. i'll walk right out i don't i don't even care yeah yeah just and watch this yeah so he leaves i want to point out in this scene uh that tim's hair looks great i, I just, agree yep. i happen to notice that and I and I nice. marked it down. Tim was looking very good. Um, I, as you know, I've been trying to. Uh, you can't see it because I took a shower, but I, I've been trying. It's it's hard to find that balance because I try to just go all the way back with it. Uh huh. Because if I go, it's it's too weird to go like like split or anything with it. So I don't know how <laughs> yeah, right. he does it. And of course, I don't have as much. I'm I'm really <laughs> losing it up here. But yeah, it kind of. I'm like, getting to that. I'm getting to that almost Riggins length on the sides, which is a tough for me because i feel like my hair on the sides doesn't grow but it's it's weird to do because i because <laughs> if i split it on the top it looks fucking weird yeah you can't do that i don't know kind of so, got like the like the the flip across in the front i don't know yeah i don't know how he does it but it's impressive for sure our generation's tom cruise i you know there's it's a there's something <laughs> anyway yeah uh so matt and julie or matt arrives at the lake house Mm-hmm. Bradley's lake house and is horrified to find not only uh like Norman Bates level uh taxidermy <laughs> just all over the place but also the place is kind of a pit he it was not the the paradise it was it was very akin to the place that I lived on the lake in Nokoboji <laughs> than sure. than it was to the uh my uncle's lake house uh on Lake Big Stone yeah. worth probably a million dollars that he was expecting. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you say lake house, I I expect like second home level, you know, but this is like a hunting cabin. Yeah. Along the lines. Yeah. There. This isn't the kind of place you, you bring a woman for any context, let alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for the context that he's bringing her there. For. Yeah. So he is visibly like bummed or <laughs> panicked or something about it. It's trying yeah. to clean up the place a little bit. And Julie does show up. Yeah. There's kind of like empty beer bottles and stuff. And like, I think, I don't know if it was like a pizza box on the floor, but like some, like just trash kind of strewn around. It wasn't a nice looking place. So no. he tries to clean it up, but yeah, Julie shows up. And so Julie, just right away, right off the bat. So my parents think I'm at Lois's and I have to be home by 11. So we should get right down to the sex then, right? Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not wasting any time. Yeah. Getting down to it. Not a great Julie moment. But <laughs> we we cut back to Coach and Mrs. Coach at the Coach family household. <laughs> and Coach is... Uh, rummaging through the bathroom for whatever reason looking for something yeah looking for something and he happens to find julie's sexy panties that she somehow forgot in the house instead of taking with her for the sex <laughs> that she was expecting to have tonight and he coach is actually kind of like <laughs> hey what are these uh to mrs coach mrs coach says those aren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's at this point that yeah. Tammy breaks it to coach 
that she she saw Matt buying condoms, and obviously, uh, Coach, he's not happy with the fact that she is just now informing informing him about this development. Um, I do have one of Coach's quotes. Uh, written down as one of my quote of the week nominations. This uh-huh. is uh, one of the rare long quotes that I actually have taken the time to write, write down in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah. Coach kind of does a, did you tell her this? Did you tell her this? And then he goes, did you also tell her that if he touches a hair on her head, that she's going to be sent to a nunnery in Rome and then I'm going <laughs> to rip his head off right afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Very specific on the nunnery location. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't um, take the uh, coach family for Catholics, but apparently they are. He's going to send her to a nunnery. But. <laughs> right. Although, to use the term nunnery, probably they aren't Catholics. Yeah, they, actually. Yeah, they definitely aren't. And actually, we see them in church <laughs> yeah. in a, in, later in this episode. It's a very Catholic. non-Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Church. So, coach is like, do you know where your daughter's at? And Mrs. Coach says, well, she's over at Lois's studying. And so... <laughs> coach immediately goes to the phone, calls over to Lois's. Sure enough, she's not there. And coach is fuming. Absolutely fuming. Yeah, furious. Tim soon thereafter goes to visit Tyra at Applebee's. Tyra is in the weeds. Yeah. She's she's working hard. She's <laughs> I wrote down she she has a table full of Karen's. Uh <laughs> yeah. she's got a table full of middle-aged women. But Tim wants to have a talk. Yeah. About I assume his dad situation. Or- he wants he needs somebody to open up with and and Tyra is the only person, unfortunately, in his life that is willing yeah. to or knows the context of, of his life and and is probably willing to listen to those kinds of of, of things. But unfortunately right. Tyra does not have the time and we'll find out what happens soon thereafter. Yeah. But we're back at the cabin. And things are things are heating up, yeah. A bit here, <laughs> but Julie's kind of thrown off by Damn. first of all the the deer. Yeah, says, the deer staring at me, and Matt says, "Well, it's uh, don't look at it." <laughs> <laughs> Julie says, "I feel like it's judging me. Can you cover it up or something?" <laughs> and Matt goes and throws a blanket over. He's like, "Good, see, uh, he's asleep now. Yeah, he's asleep now. I got a good kick out of that. It's hard. Like it's to a look bird because you you're so good looking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah right throw throw a sheet over it <laughs> but back at the coach household coach and tammy are awaiting julie's return tammy starts to reveal some sympathy for julie and says you know i was she kind of says you know i was raised in a house where i was expected to not ever you know do anything and you we know how that turned out which <laughs> i would like some backstory on <laughs> on mrs coach but <laughs> she says you know we may need to stop being so controlling because she's going to live her life and and this kind of control is only going to force her to rebel even more mm-hmm. um which i think is Almost across the board true, unless you shield your children so much that they have no choice but to continue to shield their children and on and on and on. So, Yeah, good perspective from Tammy. And she says either here or later on that the most important thing for her is that she wants to be able to talk to her daughter and that, you know, a daughter deserves to have that with her mom. 
And so whatever it takes to keep those lines of communication open, that's the most important thing to her. And coach kind of apologizes and says, he does. Yeah. I understand you're right. And all that. And it was kind of, kind of a nice couple moment for, for coach and Mrs. Coach, the kind of relationship goals that we have, yes. have looked forward to for, for a while and, and, and looked up to for, I've looked up to for 14 yep. years. Yeah. If you've watched the show, you love coaching Tammy. It's yeah. just, that's just the way it is. Back at the cabin, <laughs> Matt's starting to get a little frustrated a little bit with, with Julie's excuses and <laughs> different things that are bothering her. But he's very, he's a very fine gentleman. In yeah. The process. And like, listen, like we can just not do this. This that's okay. And Julie is actually like very relieved by this and like, really, we don't have to do this. Okay. Well, let's not do this then. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments in lines from the entire series for sure is uh, they decide not to go through with their whole plan. Um, and, uh, so there's, but they're still on the couch and Julie, like, I don't know, goes to hug Matt or something when they decide they're not going to do it. And Matt says, Oh, but don't touch me right now. That's uh give me a minute, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets this really doofy look on his face. Like <laughs> goofus malufus. Uh, yeah candidate for sure yeah so uh while coach and tammy are worrying at home and having their heart to heart it turns out that julie and matt are just hanging out at the cabin leg wrestling just some good clean fun you know yeah but we got a big rig beer tally moment here yeah so here's controversial. my is this your controversial moment here's my, here's my controversial take so we see tim drinking a 40 it's a 40 yeah so that's 40 ounces, which is going to be just more than three 12 ounce right. beers. Yep. However, mm-hmm. it's 40 almost exclusively comes in malt liquor, right? which is going to be higher in alcohol content. So I'm going to say mm. we count that as four beers. We just round it up. Yep. Yeah. You didn't get a look at like specifically what he was drinking. You couldn't I, tell. They didn't show. No. Yeah. No, that's good, and that's not something I was completely aware of. So, and and not only that, but he seems to be pretty drunk, which oh yeah, not even one forty could do. So, I think it's only fair to round up to four at least. That's I think true. that's the least we could do. Yeah. All right. So we're we're coming back strong on the beer tally. Yes, that's good. I I personally have never partaken in a in a forty. Or in malt liquor in general, so I did not know that it was. Strong. When we watch Roadhouse together, we're gonna have to <laughs> go get a couple of King Cobras. King Cobras. <laughs> All right. uh, but Tim consumes this forty, and he is very drunk. And he's outside of the bar where he and Paul Riggins were. Yes, hustling. He's the, very uh, upset. The patrons. He's very upset because of the whole Pa Riggins situation, we can yeah. assume. So he goes inside to intentionally get his ass beat. Yeah. He's he's looking for a fight, and more specifically, he's looking for a fight so that he can take some punishment. Yeah. Um, he's not looking for a fight. He's looking to get his ass beat. Right. Straight up. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, the the bartender at the bar sees what's happening. She calls over to, to her girl, Tyra, over at Applebee's. 
um, where Tyra and Ma Colette are hanging out. Yeah, Tyra's consoling Ma Colette. Yeah, Ma Colette's drowning her sorrows at the Applebee's bar, which coincidentally is where Buddy Garrity uh, <laughs> confessed his sins to, yeah. to coach. Yep. Um, so she heads out to go. It, yeah, basically the bartender over there is like, you better come get your boy. Better come get your boy, Tim Riggins. So she heads over there. Over all of this political mm-hmm. scientist by Ryan Adams plays who is canceled yep. by the show. <laughs> right. Um, Tyra, Sorry, Ryan, you should have treated Mandy more better. It's hard not to like Mandy more. It really is. You're, She's got a real like a Jennifer Garner quality to her where you're like, listen, I understand if things didn't work out, but like she's just seems like such a delightful human being. Like either she's putting on a facade or you're a real piece of trash and I'm leaning towards the latter. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was going to say. People, if they have to choose between Mandy and Ryan, they're going to lean, they're going to go Mandy. And by comparing her to Jennifer Garner, I'm comparing Ryan Adams to Ben Affleck, who is one of my favorite actors of all time. So that's saying a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how highly I think of Jennifer Garner as a human being. Like, she seems like just the sweetest Absolutely. woman. And I love Ben Affleck, but like, how could you not <laughs> just constantly be in love with her? Yeah. But like, she just seems so delightful that like, well, it she, seems hard not to yeah. to fall in love with her personality. She, she can take a credit card commercial and turn <laughs> it into a delight. You exactly. Know? <laughs> she just seems like the sweetest woman. Political scientist by Ryan Adams scores this whole scene. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ryan Adams is canceled. So anyway, Tim is getting his, his ass beat as intended yep. by the pool house. not even putting up any uh, defense at all. He is just no. taking it. Yeah. Yep. And Tyra and Billy come, they show up, they drag him away. It's kind of an ugly scene. Yeah. Tim's They're, pretty smashed up. Billy kind of gives him a, you know, like, what do you really got? What do you got? He's a kid. Yep. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Julie and Matt are still at the cabin. Yeah. Julie, they wake up. Yeah. We, we, we know that Julie was supposed to be home at 11 and it is pushing one thirty. Yeah. When they, when they wake up, they had fallen asleep on the couch. According to the clock, uh, the clock in the lake house, which who knows what time it actually is because <laughs> right. That place is, yeah. yeah we're, we're assuming it's, it's not super reliable. Um, but obviously they start panicking. Um, and Matt drives Julie home. She gives them like some direction. She's like, kill the lights yeah and <laughs> mad's like should i walk you to the door and she's like no are you insane <laughs> like that's a terrible idea yeah what are you thinking in in true goofus malufus form in the midst of all this panicking and very <laughs> bad situation they're in matt blurts out i love you yeah <laughs> Julie's kind of taken off guard, but she returns the... Yeah, she kind of initially is like, me too. Yeah. And (laughs) he's like, you can tell Matt's like, that ain't enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So he kind of pushes her. He's like, you what? And yeah, she eventually says, I love you too. And yeah. so it's a nice little moment, but it's definitely kicked off by a real goofus Malufus. <laughs> right. Uh, so Julie, Julie goes back in. Of course, coach and Tammy are sitting, waiting for her to Still get waiting home. Up. Um, and she assures her parents that nothing happened. Yeah. She gets real. Like she has a real, I think this brings up Julie in my book where for now, where she (laughs) coaching and Tammy are up and they're waiting. And Tammy has this, I don't know if you noticed this, but we see like coach on the couch and it's like kind of slides over to Tammy and Tammy has got this intense, like wide eyed, Yes. Look on her face. Yep. Um, and she is clearly just waiting. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then Julie comes home. Yeah. She's very honest. She says, she starts off by saying, Matt and I fell asleep. <laughs> and she's like, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like, I'm sorry. I appreciate what you said. Yeah. Thanked her specifically for the yeah, talk. Thanks for the talk. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I believe, very validating for for Mrs. Coach. And not necessarily validating like she was proven right, but more like, few, like, I took a chance on how I handled this situation, and it, it, worked. it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It paid yeah. off. So, all is right in the Coach household. But the next day, in church. <laughs> Haven't been to church in a while. Haven't been to church in a while. No. But... But we're back there, and as the preacher is preaching a ser- uh, sermon on forgiveness, Coach is staring bullets into Matt Saracen. <laughs> yeah, they make eye contact briefly, <laughs> and Matt immediately uh, turns away. I gotta give props. I don't know if I, I don't think it was explicitly stated that Matt was there with Grandma. I think Matt just might be going to church by himself, which is you know good for him mm. at that age. Yeah, yeah, taking the initiative. I uh, yeah, I guess I didn't notice if Graham was there or not. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure at that age I was not going to church by myself. I was just straight up like <laughs> um, Yeah. So good for Matt for, for making that personal decision. Yep. So we, we see Coach and Matt, then we see adulterer buddy sitting with his <laughs> sitting with his family yeah. uh in church. Uh not aware of what is about to hit the fan. Yeah. So the next thing we know, Tyra and Ma Collette are driving in the pickup that they had to change the tire <laughs> not not too long ago. That's right. And um, Ma Collette takes a detour. Yep. She says, you know, we got to go somewhere else and um, pulls up at the church. Church is just getting out. And she goes straight up to Buddy Garrity. Calls him a son of a bitch a number of times. <laughs> slaps him a number of times. Mrs. Garrity seems to know exactly what's going on. Yeah. She yeah. walks away embarrassed, um, humiliated, and but with a pretty knowing look on her face. Yeah. Because, yeah, Ma Collette says, she doesn't explicitly state what happened, but she's like, you lying son of a bitch. You know, you... You could have at least let me keep the job. You could have at least let me keep the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So nothing was explicitly said, but everyone's got a pretty good idea 
of what's going on there. Except for innocent Lila, who seems to have no idea what's going on. She's just, she's oblivious. She's still living in perfect teenager world. <laughs> right. Somehow. Yeah. So it's a disaster. It's, it's ugly. Tim brings the video camera back to coach and he is beat up and bruised. And as I watch this in my mind, if you're coach, don't you assume that Tim got the crap kicked out of him by his dad? Yes. At that point. And I think, I think coach maybe did assume that. I don't know if it's ever explicitly stated, but he does kind of do like a, he says, you know, you what happened right? to you? Yeah. What happened to you? Are you all right? Um, do you want to come in? Yeah. And coach or Riggins just says, I'll see you at practice. Yeah. Hands on the camera. Well, my, my question with that is being a, school employee i gotta assume that coach is a mandatory reporter and i feel like he probably should have been getting on the phone to dhs at that point if um, that's really what he thought but you know i think you make that assumption but i think we've made i think we've seen coach let some things slide and <laughs> and and expected his uh players to maybe know better and 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 report those things when it is and and to let him know when those things are that serious and when they're not, because we saw what happened with smash. Yeah. With the steroids and he didn't report that. So I think, I think coach trusts his players a lot. Yeah. Maybe too much, maybe too much in, in a situation like that, but Hey, uh, it's a good thing. He doesn't because that's not actually what happened. So fair enough. He makes the right assumptions as, Mm. uh, as it happens to turn out. Yep. Uh, there, that is the last scene of the episode proper, but there is one deleted scene that I wanted to bring up and it is Saracen asking Bradley if he can use the lake house, uh, which was very good. <laughs> and the, the one line that uh, stuck out was Maddie, Matt asks Bradley for the lake house because he needs a place to take Julie. And Bradley's reply is Maddie. You finally getting out of Palmville? <laughs> what a glorious day this is, man. <laughs> Another uh, deleted scene that was probably deleted for content. Cut for More content. Than, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so that, that's, the, that's the episode there. Yeah. And I think we can take a little break here and be back. Yeah. Perfect. All right, we're back. Let's uh, let's get into some characters here, Anthony. Yeah. I think the stars of this episode, far and away, Matt Julie. Julie. Yeah, Julie yeah. and Matt. They they're picking they're picking up in the relationship. Things yeah, are, things, things are, are progressing. They are on the fast track for sure. And um, yeah, we see quite a progression from Julie arguably being kind of influenced by Tyra and kind of being, you know, saying let's move straight into the sex thing and Matt going straight into goofus maloofus mode and being like, yep. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, on, he's on board because mainly because he's a guy. I feel like, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, sure. I think if you get that offer. Yep. <laughs> from Julie Taylor. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're agreeing to that. Um, yeah. We are, at this point, we're fans of Matt and Julie's relationship. Gabs, I am. Yeah. For sure. sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh once it's again cute. it's nice, it's wholesome, you know. They they take a they take a turn uh in this episode, but they turn right back, you know. It's yeah. like um so yeah, it's good. Yeah, once again to the audience who has not watched this show before, the Julie Taylor Hayameter is premature <laughs> and you will understand eventually because we as the hosts of this show that have the Julie Taylor Hayameter, we understand at this point mm-hmm. that Things don't look that bad and we agree, Yeah, but things are going to get real bad. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost part of the whole thing that at this point we love Julie Taylor. We do. And that that's almost setting us up to tear us down mm-hmm. a little bit later. Uh, Amy Teagarden, if you're listening, we still want you on the show. Yeah. We don't hold it against you. We, no, Garden. we, I, I really hope by the end of this that we can get Amy on the show. Just, to see it, I I really think even she will agree. Yeah, because it was it was part of her acting, right? Like mm-hmm. to make Julie who she was. So, Amy, we love you. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. We love you, and we want you on the show. This is our plea. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're, just come on the show. If you been, if you ever hear this, just come on the show. You got. Even though we record this several weeks in advance. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna make time for you. Trust yes. me. At Reliving Lights on Twitter, we follow you. You can find us. Stop ignoring us. <laughs> Let us know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you need to stop. Otherwise, yeah. we're <laughs> yeah, really bad. All right. So that is Matt and Julie. We're fans. Tim yes. has a hard episode here. Yeah, he kind of comes to terms. He sees what Billy warned about, I think. Yep, right. Um, sees his dad. And, you know, he when in the scene where he defends him, he kind of says, you know, granted, my dad made some mistakes, but he's different now. And I think Tim learns that his dad is not different at all. He even sees his dad say which I think was maybe the most heartbreaking thing was where his dad said, like, not only am I not sorry, he didn't say those words, but he basically said with his actions, not only am I not sorry, watch how easy this is going to be where I walk out on you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even think or regret it at all. Right. And he does. And just, just to be spiteful of 10 minutes. Yeah. It's, I mean, that was, uh, I think a pretty heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Cause Tim had been pretty, <laughs> not the right term, but like head over heels for his dad, yeah. you know, like going out of his way to defend him, going out of his way to try and have a relationship with him. And then, yeah, for dad to make a point of how easy it was for him to just walk right back out. Pretty rough. So coach, coach and Tammy and Julie, they're going through some stuff as a family here. Uh, for sure. Julie is growing up and going through the things that teenagers and high schoolers begin to go through for sure. And Tammy takes some chances in her parenting style and, you know, it, it ends up paying off for here. I think so. Yeah. I was really, um, I've got a lot of thoughts on everything that happens with 
with the coach family because I I really love that particular moment where where Tammy says, "Listen, I, you know, I was raised in a household where I truly thought that if I were to do that, I would be sent straight to hell." And I think that preaching that way is not necessarily the correct way to go. And I don't think that we should do that, but we, there is a thin line to walk and there is a right way to do it. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that I'm necessarily capable of walking that thin line. So (laughs) that's, yeah, that's a, that's a fair debate. And you would never, you would never really know until you got, until you're actually in that situation, right? You have all these intentions of how you're, what kind of parent you're going to be and how you're going to handle these situations. And then you get into it and you realize within like the first two years, like, (laughs) okay, I had no idea what I was talking about and I'm just going to have to figure this out as I go. Yeah. Um, I think it's very admirable in a very hard position to take to allow people to be on, (laughs) this sounds kind of cliche, but like to be on the on the journey at an earlier place in the journey than where you hope they, that they'll be, you know, so I was in youth ministry for a long time and I work with college students now and I have to remember like, okay, think back to when you were a 19 year old college Mm -hmm. student, like, how did you think? And where were you at at that time? It was very different from where I am now as a 30 year old, but like, I have all these expectations for, Mm -hmm. you know, students that I want them to be, where I'm at, you know, and I think as a parent, it's going to be even harder because you're going to want your kids to be way farther along in the process than they are capable of being at, in Julie's case, 15 years old, you know, but you got to be able to trust that they can figure that out, that they're on the journey, that they will continue to develop and, and they might screw up along the way and make some mistakes, but that's all. I made a lot of mistakes and that's how I got to be where I'm at now. You know? Yeah. You got anybody else to, to touch on here or. Yeah. I think those, uh, yeah, the Riggins and the Taylors are the pinnacles of this episode. So. All right. So that about wraps it up and we will be right back to conclude this week's episode with our awards for the week. Okay. We're going to get right into it. It is, it is time that time of the episode where we evaluate coaches inspirational quotient for, for the episode. Um, so we, we got mostly dad coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I think we've kind of touched on this a lot. Um, I don't know how much of this will get cut because we, we recorded a lot as, as, as is want to happen. Increasing uh, every week, but, but we (laughs) love it. I, I enjoy it. I, I really do. Um, so, uh, I love dad coach. Yep. In in these episodes, I'm very I'm very inspired by him mm-hmm. as a student of the game, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I I got to give him a even though there's not a lot of coaching, I have to give him a, a strong a strong six light seven. Yeah, I that's a that's a good range for me too. I was trying to decide somewhere in the the five to seven range. I do feel like. If five is more neutral, 
you know, just kind of like your standard coach. He's, he's above that on this episode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been kind of hard on coach lately. Let's give, let's give him a seven. I like that. He's been, it's been a rough few episodes. So coach way to go. We appreciate you as a dad. Um, The, the IMDB claims that this is the first episode of the entire series with no football, which I imagine includes practices. Oh, was was there no practices in this episode? Huh? Ah, that yeah. Okay. I just wanted to bring up that little fun fact. Crazy, that, and and I wouldn't have even noticed that, but glancing through my notes, I believe that is correct. Yeah, it just says. Well, it says. First episode did not have a football game, which is definitely not true. Yeah, that's not true. It's got to be no football at all, including practice. Yeah, Coach Taylor is is just purely being rated on his his fathering abilities, and he does well. So, way to go, Coach. Um, the next one I have, I need to move this up on my list, but I had the Movie Dude 1 rating not applicable. Yeah, yep. Don't count it. We had, uh, what's his name? Zach. Oh, Zach Abrams. Abrams, right, with the semicolons. So uh, that is a non-applicable award this week, so we will skip over that. Julie Taylor Hatometer. I want to put it at like a one. Yeah, she had a bad week last week with her, her highest thus far with a three, and she... She definitely came back down more towards uh you know the neutral area. Still in a little bit of a mischievous mode, so definitely still in the positives, but Yeah, kind of um, redeems herself with uh thanking her mom for the talk. So one it's real se- wholesome. Yeah. One seems right. One seems about accurate for kind of the ups and downs of the episode. Mm-hmm. All right, so Julie is at a one. We talked about the the big rig beer tally. We are going with the conversion rate of the 40, the extra strength of the malt liquor compared to the beer. Um, 40 ounces, we're going to say that equivalates to about four beers. We're just yeah. going to round it off there. Yeah, I think it's fair to round it up. Although if it, if it were normal beer, ABV, I would call it. If it was like a 40 of a regular beer, which does happen sometimes rarely. Uh-huh. I call it three beers because it's only four ounces longer, but I took it as a malt liquor. Yeah. So I think we're going to round it up to four because it, he is also pretty gone. So yep. I think the implication is, is it's at least the strength of four beers, if not more, because he's going into a bar to get his ass beat. And there, there may have been off screen beers yeah there's definitely yeah. off-screen yeah off-screen alcohol consumed so i think yep. it's it's only fair to call that 40 <laughs> as four beers because there's definitely implied off-screen beers that we're gonna measure out as as four but it's definitely more but yep. we'll, we'll call it four yep so that's we're adding four to the tally we're at, we are at 35 beers on the season so not too bad we have our Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. I, boy, this is another, you know, pick your spot yeah. uh, episode. We got some choices. I think that Buddy admitting his, 
confessing his sins to coach Taylor as if he were a priest is <laughs> in an Applebee's bar. I'm going to yeah. in an Applebee's over a beer. I'm going to, I'm going to nominate that as the sleazeball move of the week. But what about buddy shoving $700 at Ma Colette? <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's also, yeah. Kind of paying trying to pay her off. Those are both. Yeah. I mean, I think those are both equal. Because uh, just because, like, Buddy, try, I think the Applebee's scene comes off to me as so strong because it's Buddy trying to come off as really, like, as trying to confess his sins and, like, trying to come uh, off as a good guy. Yes. Over a beer to the only guy in town that he knows isn't going to say anything because Coach Taylor's a literal saint. So I think he's using coach Taylor a little bit as a scapegoat of being like, I know that this guy is a good human being and I'm going (laughs) to use him to not say anything. So yeah. Don't get me wrong. Justify it the whole time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The $700 is a sleaze ass move, but (laughs) I think the coach Taylor thing takes it to a new level of sleaze. Yep. No, that's good. I'm glad we got into that a little because I, I definitely I'm I'm on board with that for sure. Uh any notable music cues this week? The Ryan Adams. No. <laughs> canceled canceled by the show. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> All right. Oh, don't come home a drink and buy Loretta Lynn, which I, I love Loretta Lynn, so I'm more yep. than happy to let's give it to Loretta Lynn. To do that because nobody else is is really stepping up. So, uh, our Dialmo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Um, I feel like we got some some choices here as well. I think the the most Goofus Malufus moment is uh, when Matt and Julie decide not to have sex and. <laughs> Matt uh, asks Julie not to touch him, to just give him a minute. And then the look on his face is the actual Goofus Malufus. (laughs) My nomination would be the awkward hello with Tammy immediately after (laughs) Julie says, I want to have sex. Yeah. But I think almost every moment that Matt is on screen that's um, true like another like when he covers up the deer and he's like oh he's sleeping (laughs) (laughs) or real like because he's just so desperate okay so i'm just gonna put this entire episode yeah every moment he's on screen (laughs) zach if you want to come on the show please (laughs) oh my goodness yes and as much as you want to dish about Taylor Swift, we'll cut it from the record. I promise. <laughs> All right. Our quote of the week is, is our, our last main category. I've got a couple nominations. Yep. My first nomination is going to be, I'm a weak man. You're a stupid man. <laughs> uh, between Buddy Garrity and, and coach Taylor. Yep. I think my choice for quote of the week this may be controversial because I really like the next quote as well is the exchange between Tim Briggins and uh, Matt Saracen, specifically Matt Saracen saying, yeah, I crashed my grandma's car and now Landry drives me around. 
yeah, I love that one. I wrote that one down too. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the first time you drove a car? Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to give that the award. Uh, my third, my third nomination, of course, is she also tell her that if he touches a hair on her head, that she's going to be sent to a nunnery in Rome, and I'm going to rip his head off right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, coach, not messing sure. around. Yeah, for sure. All right, so then I think we got to give this this episode a rating uh, before we we call it a night here. Uh, I'm feeling very positive about this episode. This is an eight for me, at least. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think eight is good. It would be a strong eight if we were gonna gonna get real specific about it. Um, yeah, we went from our lowest rated rated episode to one of the strongest episodes yeah. here in in just uh, a matter of two episodes. So coming back strong, great uh, great episode. Hopefully, we didn't scandalize anyone with our our talking about sex. Yeah, sorry about the title already. Uh, oh, NBC made that choice, not us. Yep, not our fault. But I once I, again want to say that I uh, do not envy Josh for having to edit this episode because <laughs> um, my laptop was fully charged when I moved out to the living room, and it's now at five percent. Yeah, I believe we wrapped up our last episode. Oh my gosh. At like 1130. So yeah. however long this episode ends up being, just know that we recorded over three hours worth yeah. of material on this one. Someday, if I ever run for office, Josh is going to have so much recorded dirt <laughs> on me as a human being. I've got the goods, folks. <laughs> uh, if you if you want to know something, just ask about yeah. Anthony because I've got it <laughs> on tape, baby. So... <laughs> Yeah, thank you for for listening. We appreciate you checking us out every week. Um, yes, feel free to, to to reach out and and uh, drop us a line on Twitter. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you. We know probably what eighty percent of the people who listen to this we we know you and probably talk to you on a regular basis yes. anyway. But we do have have people listening out there that that we that we have not met and so we'd love to hear from you so drop us a review hop on twitter yeah we just secured our first guest this evening yes Uh, by the time this episode airs that episode will be recorded but listen we've got uh Basically four, by the time this episode airs, we'll have four seasons left to air. So if you are interested in being a guest, please reach out to us. Yeah. Um, we would love to have you if you know us. <laughs> um, or if you are a cast member of Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah, obviously, I think the goal is Connie Britton would be, I think that's my end game. <laughs> that's as high as we could. We, that's the pinnacle. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle Chandler, but but Connie Britton is is my goal. Yeah. Um. But Gaius Charles, Zach Guilford, uh, Amy T. Garden, we we would absolutely love to to have you. Uh, Kurt Caster, come on the show. I don't know what your <laughs> we'll real name you. even is. Yeah, we'll have yeah. it. So, yeah. um, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, Jesse Plemons, listen, we know you're a list. You're <laughs> you're beyond us, but 
Yeah, you've you've gotten into that Breaking Bad money, and you're living your life. But we'll have you. Um, but until next time, thanks for being with us. We love talking Friday Night Lights. Hopefully, you love listening to us talk about Friday Night Lights. It's a pleasure. Uh, we'll we'll catch you for episode eighteen next week. Yes. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.